Hi, I'm Sam Garland. I'm an actor in Brooklyn, New York, and I believe that everyone on this planet is deeply creative. And not only that, I believe that engaging with our creativity is what connects us to our humanity and to our divinity. Whether it's starting a business, homeschooling your kids, cooking, painting, dancing, writing, acting, knitting, gardening, we are all called to express ourselves in myriad, incredibly unique ways. These are our gifts to the world. And yet, and yet, most every artist suffers terribly from self-doubt, from fear of public humiliation, from being too hard on themselves. That's certainly been my journey. I've done a lot of work on why my brain attacks when I'm being creative and how I can let this thing that I'm called to do out into the world. I'm still figuring it out, and I invite you to join me. Hi, my friends. Uh, Welcome back to this podcast, Be Your Own Damn Muse. Um, This is episode four, and... um, man, these have gotten harder and harder, which is just so interesting. I really didn't expect that I would still be talking about um, self-doubt as much as I would be. And it's been fascinating watching myself, my brain kind of spin out as I've started sharing these episodes. Uh, Last week, if you tuned in, I was talking about the holy fuck moment that came after publishing my first episode and going live and really sharing with like my Instagram feed, which is not huge. And even that, the amount of adrenaline it pumped through my body and the amount of kind of um, self-flagellating thoughts that came with it of why would you do that? And what a terrible idea. And holy hell, let's never do this again. um, That I that I was really hit with. um, And the ferocity of it, um, how powerful that that stuff is, I, I think is deeply human and very interesting and very much part of the the artist journey, which is why I was happy to be the guinea pig and talk about it because that kind of is my whole ethos is, you know, test stuff out on myself and then learn from it and share because I think it can be a very lonely journey, uh, wanting to create something and wanting to put it out in the world and this desire to trust your own voice, your own inner compass, and your own desire to do something, um, and doing it without necessarily getting external approval, external validation. Maybe that does come eventually. Maybe that comes right away. Um, but the truth is, I think so much of the work is being able to stay connected to the showing up and the doing of the work and the reason for it, um, in spite of, or even with that external validation. And so how do you keep showing up? And what I found really interesting this week was, um, last week, the kind of pressure was about, you know, what are people going to think? Is this terrible? Is this good? Am I just an asshole talking into a mic and thinking people should be listening to me? And then that morphed into the pressure this week of, um, really wanting to make an amazing podcast for you guys. Like suddenly I I care about the transcripts. Are they good enough? Are they, are they excellent? Are the show notes really funny and interesting and reflective of the show? Am I marketing, which I hadn't really thought about, you know, am I reaching the audience that really could benefit from this? Am I telling interesting stories when I talk to you guys? Am I, Am I showing up with really good points to share? Do I have something of value to add? Um, 
And when I started, uh, I think I said this in the first few episodes where I was like, mm, this is kind of a, a, a shitty first draft. You know, this is a, a draft episode. And, and the idea was sort of always um, just start with something. And if it's terrible, we'll delete it or we don't have to keep going. And that was really a way of getting past my own perfectionism and my own nerves. And now that I know that I can do it, and now that I put it out in the world, this like increased pressure of that I'm totally putting on myself is not coming from anyone. Everyone's heard this has been absolutely lovely about how great the episodes are, which is so nice to hear. Um, and yet that's really fleeting. I've been noticing that too. Like I've had friends reach out and be like, this was amazing and exactly what I wanted to hear. And I feel elated for like 10 minutes, maybe an hour. Um, and then it goes away. And then I go back to like, is it enough? Did I do the right thing? Is it reaching enough people? And so that desire for the thing that you are making to be good and valuable, I don't think is a bad thing. I think it's a really great place to grow into, to want to reach for. Um, but it can be really painful to sit with. And I think what's really interesting is how do we talk to ourselves about that distance between who we want to be um, and the work we want to put into the world and where maybe we are now. A teacher of mine told me about Ira Glass, uh, who is a pretty well-known NPR host uh, and journalist um, and storyteller who does This American Life. And he has this concept called the gap, which is um, there is a, a gap always between your taste of what you want something to be and your skill set for it. And I think that gap is probably most wide the you know the widest um, when you're starting out right when you have this idea of the thing that you you know what excellence looks like right you know the podcast that you listen to that you love you know what good literature feels like when you're reading it you know what a great film and cinematic moment feels like you you know what beautiful dance that moves you beautiful music that's that's masterful you know what that experience is and if you're not able to produce that yourself but that is the desire it can be really painful to sit between those two things. And um, what I loved hearing about, um, and there's a whole video of this about the gap online, I think it like takes his uh, writings about it and puts it into a video. And and I remember watching it and, and being really heartened by what he had to say, which was um, sort of, I'm paraphrasing, but like, don't despair, because the fact that you know where you're headed that is actually, not everybody has that. The fact that you have taste, the fact that you have a desire for excellence, the fact that you have in your mind's eye an idea of what the work is that to you is really good and valuable, that is a freaking North Star and that is a place to point towards. And and yes, it can be painful to not feel like you are there yet, but that gives you something to strive for and that gives you a place to show up. And, and it was helpful for me because I shared before I have this ongoing... <laughs> narrative in my head that I'm like, if my work is not Meryl Streep level worthy, um, then what's the point? And that level of judgment really opts me out of just being where I'm at. And it's interesting because I've been talking uh, since I started this podcast about music a lot because it's been one of the things I really discovered in pandemic and the lockdown. And uh, paradoxically, in the past few weeks since I started the podcast, I haven't been playing as much music. And I've been thinking a lot about that. And I think it's because I've suddenly become much more aware of the gap. I've suddenly, like when I started, kind of 
anything I could produce on my ukulele or with my voice was like, wow, like I was just impressed with myself that I could sing a couple notes, play a couple chords. It created music, the sound, you know, it was beautiful. It's like, this is the coolest thing ever. It was like just pure discovery and awe at the baby steps. And now I've reached a point where I have enough familiarity with what I can do. And I see now the value of training on a regular basis, training my voice, really learning pitch, really being able to to nail the notes at the place where they're supposed to be, to really understand chord changes, to be able to play um, strumming patterns on my, I'm starting to play the guitar now on the guitar, to play chords on the guitar, because I love the ukulele, but the guitar has got two extra strings on it. So it's got a, a wider range of notes and it's makes it a bit more fuller. The guitar is kind of like um it's like two thirds of what a guitar can play and it's the higher register. And so when you play the guitar, you get to hear these bass notes and much more actually where my voice sits so I can sing along to it. And anyway, I, I hear right that even just knowing that, that I can hear um, a greater um, a range of what music can be. And, um, and it's an incredible gift, but it also now all of a sudden I feel it, pressure may be the wrong word, but it's shifted in how before Anytime I played or got to hang out with music was just fun because I was putzing around and and discovering it. And now I feel like, oh, the place where I want to be is to be able to strum this pattern and change these chords quickly and make this kind of music that now I understand better um, or the, you know, like my teachers are able to do or the kind of songs that I can hear in my head or that I'm listening to and want to be able to sing myself. I have that desire. And one thing that I'm not great at, and one of the reasons that um, I do the kind of like life coaching work on myself is that, you know, the thoughts that I have about the place where I want to be and the place where I am, um, like that narrative is really what propels you forward. So if you think about it as, you know, it's that thing that you people who are always talking about, like enjoying the process over the result, right? If you can get down with, let me do my scales every day. Let me enjoy strumming this pattern a thousand times until my fingers just know where these chords are. Let me practice changing these. Like, I don't know if you guys know this about guitar, but like some of the hardest stuff is just changing. Like you can learn a G chord and you can learn a C chord, but changing between the two of them while keeping a strumming pattern going is like the trickiest part. So literally just learning to pivot your fingers between chords is like half the work. And you have to do that a thousand times until you have the muscle memory where your fingers just know where to go. So you're not having to stop or slow down your song to pivot your fingers. And in the beginning, when you're doing that, it doesn't sound like anything. It's not like you're getting a beautiful melody out of it. It sounds really laborious. It feels very laborious. It sounds very clunky. It's not like you're enjoying the fruits of your labor because you're not like, oh, here's a ditty that I'm playing. And you're not enjoying your practice in that way that you're like playing a full song. You're really just drilling, you know, and I think of it as people, God bless, who go to the gym and love lifting weights. I'm not that person. Um, but it does come, it's reps. It's the same thing. The more reps you do of something, the more muscle memory you have, the more skill set when you want to do something new um, that you can expand upon. And and it's so interesting, right? Because kind of this is true of all art. Like there are scales for all of us and it might mean different things. In writing, it might be like, you know, practicing kind of turning a sentence and looking at grammar and editing even. Um, and for painting, it might be, strokes um, of brush strokes, right? Or layering colors or thinking about tech, um, 
technique I'm thinking about, um, you, you know, like how you layer maybe your oil paints or your, um, I don't entirely know what I'm trying to say. I can see it in my head. But if you've ever seen like a really great oil painting and it has kind of a texture to it because they've layered in different strokes, right? So like there are things that you can do that are um, that are like your scales that are or ballet. I think about, you know, there's there's a whole routine you do in, in the mornings or you do first thing, which is at the bar, which is really warming up your legs and your arms and also like working through these minute muscles to get them strong. Um, and and it's fascinating because those are the foundations of the great art and at the same time, for anyone who has sort of an artistic calling, they can feel really tedious or they can feel really like not as enjoyable, right? Because you're really constrained. You're not able to just create anything. It's, it's, but it's knowing what that foundation is and knowing what, what those, um, you know, I think about athletes, like it, you go to the gym to get really strong so you can do the, the, whatever the sport is, you know, even swimmers do better if they go to the gym and work out their abs and work out their legs, like individual, you know, um, muscle groups, getting them strong helps you on the field or helps you in the pool or whatever it is your sport is, right? So everything that you want to do benefits so much from foundational activities and exercises that are repeated every day. And yet those can feel, um, not like the most fun thing. And especially if the, the gap between the skill set that you want and the place that you are feels really far away and you're judging yourself for not being there yet, it's really hard to show up for those everyday things. And so what I've been thinking a lot about is how do I come back to this place of joy and discovery and wonder and and take off the pressure also from having to be like by end of this week ready to play this song that I want to play or ready to have this strum pattern totally sorted out because that's not how it works. That's not the journey, right? So bring back joy and wonder and also add in like the enjoying the fundamentals, enjoying the process, enjoying the kind of um, the rudimentary, the basics. Um, and I don't necessarily have it figured out. I'm really here saying, you know, I've noticed the same thing with the podcast, like really the, I get ahead of myself where, and, and so what I'm sharing with you guys today is like the places where maybe you've quit something that you enjoyed for a while or that you really wanted to get into, and then you stopped doing it. This is so so human. And in fact, I just started this course and they were saying how most people, it's an online course so they can see when you stop watching videos and the modules that they release. And they said, most people stop after day two. And there's this author, John Acuff, who um, writes about perfectionism and he wrote a book, I think it's called Finish It. And he says the same thing. He's like, most people opt out on day two. And the reason why is on day two, they realize that they might not be perfect at this thing. And they, they have that sense of, um, of vulnerability, of not knowing how to do the thing and of feeling that gap between who they want to be and what they expect of themselves and where they are now. And 
we're not trained to be able to sit in that gap and to look at it as a positive as a oh, there's this desire I have to be better. And if I lovingly take myself through my paces, I will get there. I won't get there tomorrow, but I could spend a month on this and really make progress. And I know I do, and I think a lot of people share this, that it's uncomfortable to not know how to do something, and it's uncomfortable to stumble over it. We expect that as kids, we, we're we totally fine if toddlers are learning how to walk and they fall a bunch, we are totally fine, and we expect that of kids who are learning new things in school, math or languages or any of that, and then we hit a point in our adulthood where we don't expect that of ourselves anymore, and it becomes deeply uncomfortable to not know something, and we, I think, get really hard on ourselves and just quit rather than stay with the uncomfortableness. And there is this incredible richness to figuring out how to like enjoy, okay, 30 minutes every day, I'm going to be terrible at these chords that my fingers don't know how to pivot from. And I'm going to play it really slow. I'm going to fuck it up a thousand times. And that's going to be the practice. And What's deeply interesting as it relates to acting is there's always this tension in acting um, because this is like the most classic thing, right? The place that actors get themselves in trouble is that they're always trying to control every little thing. So you like obsess about learning your lines perfectly and you obsess about um, knowing your mark, like where to stand perfectly. And you obsess about um, sort of trying to control every little thing in in the scene Um And ironically, what makes acting absolutely riveting is when the actor themselves doesn't quite know what's next and is willing to trust that they are going to just be present and show up for what happens and not sort of arm themselves with control and with, um, with pre-planning everything. Like you want to rehearse it, you want to work on it, you want to have lots of ideas about where your character's coming from and what they want, and then you want to let it all go. And it is so insanely counterintuitive to do that as a grown-up and as a human um, that it is actually the biggest hurdle of most actors is to let go of their need to control everything and surrender to the imagined circumstances and what's happening to them in that scene. And ironically, I think that's actually kind of, again, like a a really great rule for living, right? Like so much of us actually opt out of things that are deeply interesting and fulfilling because we want so much to not feel like we don't know what's going to happen next. We want so much to feel like we have control. And so that same idea of I'm going to spend half an hour every day or heck, 10 minutes every day learning a new language and I'm not going to know the words or I'm going to, you know, try to write a novel and I'm not going to know how it's going to work. That that feeling of not knowing how it's going to work, that feeling of I don't yet have this skill set is so uncomfortable to us that most of us would rather bail than show up in it. And, and that opts us out from other larger things like taking a trip to a place we've never been to or, or being vulnerable with a partner in a way that we've never been. Um, you know, whether that's dating someone new or having been in a marriage for 10 years and and revealing something, you know, or, or just being honest about where we're at. These are all, these are all life skills. And, and I'm realizing now that's kind of a really great way to think about, um, how your 
daily practices as an artist matter. That foundation of willing to be not great at something and willing to be vulnerable even with yourself and not knowing the thing can have these really larger, beautiful repercussions of, I have built this habit, this muscle memory of being okay, not knowing how to do this well. And that serves me in a lot of the rest of life because there are a lot of difficult conversations. I don't know if I can do this well. And I don't have control over how this person's going to react to the thing I'm going to say. And I don't know how this thing, this job interview scares me. And I don't know if it's going to work out. Like it allows you to take bigger risk the more that you are willing to practice being slightly out of control and not having all the answers as part of your daily practice. And I think that's one way in which I feel like being an artist in whatever way that speaks to you as part of a daily practice is one of the biggest growth opportunities for sort of life lessons on a bigger scale. I'll leave you with that, my friends. Have a great week. Bye. Mm -hmm.